0: listening to the south stands a buckeye football podcast by ohio state fans for ohio state fans on apple podcasts youtube spotify and soundcloud welcome back to the south stands a buckeye football podcast by ohio state fans for ohio state fans from the west coast i'm your host zach moore today is saturday july 8th 2023 We are now less than a month from the start of fall camp and less than two months from the season opener at Indiana. By the way, I just booked my travel and bought my ticket. I will be in Bloomington on September 2nd for that game. I'm very excited about that. So I'm back with a few more musings on the Buckeyes' upcoming 2023 football season. I have one item I want to follow up on from our last podcast with Paige. And finally, I splurged for a digital copy of Phil Steele's season preview magazine, and I have a few observations from that I want to share. So let's jump right into it. First, I want to start with a follow-up item from last week's podcast with Paige, and I want to spend a little more time on the Ohio State defense. Now, I know I sound like a broken record, and I said it to Paige again on last week's pod that the failures of Jim Knowles' defense in High leverage moments in Ohio State's biggest games last season were as bad as anything we saw from the Carey Combs Matt Barnes disaster in 2021 or even the Greg Shiano dumpster fire of 2018. I didn't think it could get any worse for an Ohio State defense than what we saw in 2021 and in 2018, especially. And yet it was worse or certainly comparable in some key areas under Jim Knowles in 2022. And I'm referring to two areas specifically an excess of explosive plays and a shortage of what I like to call splash plays which are quarterback sacks, tackles for loss and turnovers. Now, on last week's pod, Paige asked me if the stats back all of that up. And I didn't have the numbers in front of me at that at the at that point. But after a couple hours both today and yesterday, I have those numbers now and I want to dive into them. So here we go. I want to start though with some positives. In 2022, Jim Knowles' defense finished 14th nationally in total defense, 37th in defensive yards per play, and 26th both against the run and in pass defense. Now, those were all improvements over 2021, though only marginal improvements in defensive yards per play and rush defense. The 2021 defense was actually pretty comparable in those two areas. And overall, those numbers from 2022, while improved, we're still well short of Ryan Day's stated goal of a top 10 defense and well short of Jim Knowles' stated goal of a top five defense. It's also worth noting that Ohio State played five opponents in 2022 that finished in the 100s nationally in total offense Iowa at 130, Rutgers at 127, Arkansas State at 118, Indiana at 110, and Northwestern at 107. And let me remind you, there are 131 teams in the FBS. Those were five of the worst offenses in the FBS in 2022. The Buckeyes also played two other teams that finished in the 90s. Michigan State at 97 and Wisconsin at 91. We remember in that Wisconsin game, their most productive play was the Wildcat with Braylon Allen. I mean, it was a, it was desperate for Wisconsin offensively in that game. So seven of Ohio State's 12 regular season games last year came against opponents that finished 91st or worse in total offense. Not exactly a murderer's row of offenses for Jim Knowles to face in year one. Now, to their credit, the Buckeyes did what you would expect of a good defense against those offenses, which is to completely shut them down. And against those seven opponents, the Buckeye defense allowed an average of 239 yards per game, 3.85 yards per play, and only 11.4 points. Now, it was a very different story when the Buckeye defense faced offenses with comparable or equal talent last season and they played three such games in penn state michigan and georgia i'm also going to add maryland to this group which had a quarterback in talia tungabailoa that finished in the top 35 nationally in passing as well as a pair of future nfl receivers now in those four games maryland penn state michigan and georgia the buckeye defense allowed an average of 487 yards of offense a staggering 7.26 yards per play and 37 points Last season, Ohio State allowed a total of 2,606 yards passing. More than half of that yardage total came against Penn State, Maryland, Michigan, and Georgia. And 11 of the 19 passing touchdowns the defense surrendered in 2022 came against those four opponents. Also, per ESPN Sports and Information, the 16 plays of 20-plus yards allowed in the Buckeyes' final two games, six against Michigan, 10 against Georgia were the most Ohio State has allowed in any two-game span since 2004. And the 10 plays of 20-plus yards against Georgia were the most allowed by an Ohio State defense in any single game since 2004. I mean, those are dubious distinctions that last year's defense has over the 2021 Kerry Combs-Matt Barnes unit and even the 2018 Greg Schiano unit, which was statistically the worst defense in Ohio State history. Also, The four plays of 75-plus yards Ohio State gave up against Michigan last year were the four longest plays from scrimmage of the entire 2022 season for the Wolverines. And we're talking about a Michigan schedule that included Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. And on the season, Ohio State finished 115th nationally in opponents' scrimmage plays of 40-plus yards with 18 By comparison, the 2021 defense finished 23rd in opponent scrimmage plays of 40-plus yards with only nine, so half of that total. In fact, when it came to allowing explosive plays, Jim Knoll's defense last year was much more comparable to the 2018 defense, which finished 119th in opponent scrimmage plays of 40-plus yards with 23. Not great. And in the splash play department, Jim Knowles' defense last year finished 32nd nationally in sacks with 34, 31st nationally in tackles for loss with 86, and 66th in turnovers with 18 takeaways those sack and turnover numbers were actually down from 2021. And last year's defense only registered three more tackles for loss than the year before. And if you compare those numbers to Greg Schiano's 2018 defense, they're not even close. The 2018 defense finished ninth nationally in sacks with 41, 17th in tackles for loss with 99, and 28th in turnovers with 23 takeaways. So while there was a lot of bust, with Greg Schiano's defense back in 2018, at least you got some boom to go with it. Orion Day demoted Kerry Combs two games into the 2021 season. That was after only nine total games as his defensive coordinator because the defense was so bad. And it was. Yet compared to Jim Knoll's defense last year, the 2021 unit finished with more sacks, forced more turnovers, allowed half as many explosive plays, and was very comparable in rush defense, defensive yards per play, and tackles for loss. I mean, the difference between the two defenses in those last three stats was was marginal. The harsh reality for Jim Knowles in Columbus, look, there are seven or eight games on every Ohio State schedule that the Buckeyes are going to win by four touchdowns, whether the defense is good or not. You don't get credit for beating up on Indiana, Rutgers, and Arkansas State. As a coordinator, it's how your defense shows up against Penn State, Michigan, and now USC and UCLA, and and in the playoffs against the SEC and Clemson. And if the guy who had the job before him was demoted after only nine games, I'm sorry, Jim Knowles isn't getting four seasons like he did at Oklahoma State to figure it out. I think he has this year to build a defense that isn't going to fold like a house of cards in Ohio State's biggest games. And if he fails at that again this season, I, I can't see there's any way that he's back in 2024. Now, the good news is, and we talked a lot about this in last week's pod, all the ingredients are there from a personnel standpoint for Knowles to do it. I mean, with the infusion of talent, Ohio State added from the transfer portal and the elevation of younger, higher upside players like Sonny Styles, the defense is going to have more talent and depth than a year ago. There's no question about it. Uh, however, they're going to be facing a tougher schedule in 2023. The Buckeyes will be facing three quarterbacks in Western Kentucky's Austin Reed, Notre Dame's Sam Hartman, and Wisconsin's Tanner Mordecai, who finished number two, number seven, and number 11 nationally in passing last season. And they combined for 111 touchdown passes. And they're going to see two very good quarterbacks in Drew Aller at Penn State and JJ McCarthy at Michigan. And by the way, those programs have explosive. Dynamic duos are running back that the Buckeye defense are going to have to contend with as well, Michigan most especially. So, um, you know, I'm very optimistic about improvements for the Ohio State defense, even against a tougher schedule. But look, let's face it, man, you are not remembered at Ohio State for what you do against Rutgers, Indiana and Northwestern. You make your bones as a head coach and a coordinator against the Penn States and the Michigans of the world and in the playoffs. All right. I want to talk a little bit about this Phil Steele Preview Magazine. Uh, first of all, word to the wise, uh, don't bother with the digital version of the magazine. Uh, it's <laughs> it's pretty awful. It's like, and I'm going to date myself here with this reference. It's like trying to read a whole magazine or a newspaper on microfiche. <laughs> I, mean, I thought I'd be able to download a copy of the magazine in PDF format, but Steele's site won't allow it. You have to actually stay on the site to read the magazine. And the Zoom feature is very rudimentary. It won't allow you to scroll up or down when you're Zooming in. So look, do yourself a favor. If you want this magazine, purchase the print version. Now, you'll have to pay a little bit more for shipping if you buy it through the website. But that'll also get you access to the digital version for free. And eventually, you'll get a copy of the print version in the mail, which is a thousand times easier to read. So a few interesting tidbits from Phil Steele on Ohio State uh, that I want to go through. I'm going to go through these in order of how they appear in the magazine. First, of the top draft eligible players in 2023, Steele has Marvin Harrison Jr., Donovan Jackson, J.T. Tui Molowau and Tommy Eichenberg rated number one at their respective positions. And he has a Mecca Buka number two right behind Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think there's any surprise there, Uh, but I think that says a lot about the the talent Ohio State has returning uh, at those positions. Now, uh, not surprisingly, Steele has all five of those players on his first or second All-American teams. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Tommy Eichenberg are on his first team. Emeka Iguka, Donovan Jackson, and JT Tui made the second team. And even as Trevion Henderson uh, making the third team. And all that seems about right to me. But I feel like when it's all said and done, Ohio State is going to have one or two players from the secondary make some of those All American teams. I'm thinking maybe Denzel Burke, uh, Lathan Ransom, maybe even Sonny Styles makes an All American team uh, by the end of the season. That'd be my guess. Now, as he does every year, Steele did national rankings for every position group in this uh, magazine. Uh, Not surprisingly, the Buckeyes have the country's number one receiver group, according to Steele. And we've been talking about how good the Buckeyes project at running back this year. And Steele agrees he has the Ohio State running backs number two behind Michigan. And for all the concern I've had about offensive line, Steele has the Buckeye O-line among his top 10 units at number eight. Now, I was a little surprised by that. But what I found even more surprising is that uh, Steele has the Ohio State quarterback room all the way down at number 43. Uh, Very surprising. And uh, I mean, look, I get it, I guess. Uh, Kyle McCord only has one career start and Devin Brown has yet to attempt to pass in a college game. But... I mean, we're talking about a five-star in McCord and a top fifty player in Brown. We're also talking about a head coach in Ryan Day with a stellar track record at developing quarterbacks. With you know his last three first-year starters going to uh, you, know, you know New York as Heisman finalists, I personally think Steele is underselling the Buckeyes big time at quarterback this year. Now on defense, Steele rates the Ohio State defensive line number four, lot the linebackers at number eight, and the Buckeye secondary at number twelve. You know, I referenced it earlier. I feel like the secondary is going to surprise some folks this season. Now I might end up eating these words, but I think with a healthy Denzel Burke, the addition of Davis and Igbenosin and Jihad Carter from the transfer portal, the elevation of Sonny Styles, and then another year of development for Lathan Ransom. I, I think that secondary has a chance to be the best secondary we've seen in Columbus since 2019. And I would certainly have that unit rated higher than number 12, uh, as as Steele does. I was also a little surprised by where Steele rates Ohio State's 2023 schedule. Now, according to him, it's the 27th toughest schedule in the country. But with road games at Notre Dame and Wisconsin, who who Steele really likes this year, and Michigan, and then a tough matchup at home against Penn State, I would think the Buckeye schedule would have landed a little higher than 27th in Steele's rankings. Now, Steele has Wisconsin as his number one, quote, surprise team. Now, Steele defines a surprise team as a non-preseason AP Top 10 team that he thinks has a decent shot at making the playoff and even winning the national championship. And the Badgers are his number one pick in this category. And that validates all the concern I have about that game for the Buckeyes this season, especially where that game falls on the schedule, you know, right after Penn State. Ohio State has to travel to Madison after what will very likely be a grueling game in the horseshoe against Penn State. Finally, Steele has Ohio State number two behind Georgia in his power Poll, which is a rating of each team's overall level of talent. But in his preseason top 40, which is a projection of where Steele thinks each team is going to finish, he has the Buckeyes at number five and missing the playoff. Steele has Georgia number one, Clemson number two, Michigan number three, and Alabama number four, all of them making the playoff. And he's calling for a Georgia three-peat as national champs, man, I can't even begin to tell you how much I hope he's wrong about all of that, um, You know, especially the Georgia three-peat. I think Clemson is a curious projection at number 2, and while you can never count out Nick Saban in Alabama, I mean, we're in a world where Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer, is going to start for them at quarterback more than likely. I mean, I have a very hard time believing Bama is going to be good enough at that position at quarterback to make the playoff this year. I mean, especially with LSU reemerging as a power in the SEC West. I said it last week, and I really believe this. I have a strong intuition that Ohio State and Michigan are both going to make the playoff again in 2023. We'll see about that. But that's just that's just what my gut says. Okay, that's going to do it for me. Paige and I, along with Chad, will likely be back in the coming weeks with another pod, maybe with a fall camp update of some kind. Until then, thanks so much for listening and go Bucks. You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.